Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast, brought to you by your boys Ozan. And Wink. Hello. Welcome back to an eat... Oh my goodness, I just had a seizure. Words. Words. <laughs> welcome back to the week eight preview. We're going to be going over a lot of games, probably covering some last minute injury updates, and much more on this episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gase deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. Hell yeah, welcome back in. We got week eight. Hello. We're basically at the halfway point yeah, of Jesus. the season. Until the, feel NFL, until the NFL ruined it by adding a 17th game. Right. I know they just decided not to make things easy. They need to get rid of the preseason. Altogether. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, no one cares in the preseason. No. Especially when there's only three games now and they're not playing anybody. It's like, But week one's going to be garbage because everyone's going to come out so flat. Correct. Yeah, it's a necessary evil kind of sounds like yeah the more i think about it the norm going forward is that the starters are hardly not going to play in the preseason yeah. so it's why even have these games the only reason they have them is so that they could figure the out cuts, the yeah. other like you know 30 guys in the roster but so i think we can probably start with the games right away are there any injuries that have happened since the last episode you think we need to cover nothing significant i know there's just been a few updates with some like zeke it sounds like we'll metcalf. probably not play dk metcalf will probably not play um mark Jack, andrews played which was shocking which was a terrible decision because yeah. he you know got re got hurt yeah re-injured himself so now it looks like i don't know if he's gonna miss time they say it was a shoulder injury yeah, that he went so, out of the game they're with. so dumb but it's still like he played last week, didn't play well. He was a shell of himself. Hardly, yeah, hardly was used. And then they threw him out there on a short week this week, and he went down in like a quarter. Breaking news. That's terrible player management. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> and then Isaiah Likely went out and had a huge game. Yeah, so, which doesn't surprise me. He had a really guy. good preseason. So. Yeah, Bateman did get hurt in that game too with re-aggravated the foot injury. That's a concern for me because yes. it was already lingering, and now it's re-injured again. So. And they're going to be more cautious than the first time around now. So Yeah, I mean, he missed two weeks before that. This and could be a four to sixer, yeah, which is putting you right around the time where he might be droppable. That scares me a little bit uh, as a Bateman owner in a league. Um, something to keep an eye on. See what the prognosis is, what it looks yeah. like. You know, maybe Monday after the weekend they'll they'll do some tests. Well, knowing whatever, Baltimore's but... player management, he might play next week. Hey, throw him out there, you know. He's not can't be any worse. He's got than what a club got. on his foot, just yeah. a, like a full on cast. <laughs> yeah, the the foot injury that's uh, a problem for receivers and running backs. It always is a especially it's if a it gets reaggravated like that. Yeah, that's scary. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, as much as I don't want to start talking with this game, we have to cover the eight thirty London game start first from the top which yeah. is more like the bottom in yeah. this case but denver and jacksonville denver with n- another primetime game not that you can really consider it primetime but a non-noon or three game yeah we'll call and it that. london stadium is gonna be packed for this <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank god there's guys wearing rams and other random teams jerseys yeah. there's soccer jerseys in there thank god no one really cares about the two teams there 
but holy shit, is this going to be an awful one? Bring a pillow. Neither of these teams deserve a third win. No. Bring a pillow. It would be a nice game to take a nap if you're at the stadium. Um, oh just ugly. They're I think just, Jacksonville wins it, truthfully. They probably do. I Honestly, for the sake of the drama, I hope they do, and we'll see what happens with Nathaniel Hackett. Not that I'm cheering for a guy to lose his job, but my God, what a train wreck this is. We'll see if Russell Wilson takes his own plane back. <laughs> he can do his own high knees. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. We're not dealing with this shit again have to again fucking bother us hours. the aisle of the plane while I'm trying to sleep. Russell, <laughs> shut the fuck up and sit down. <laughs> Jacksonville's a shit. lot less banged up. Um, Etienne's going to get a much featured role, which I think makes him more explosive as just a we don't know what you're going to do because he's explosive out of the backfield and in the pass-catching game, more so out of the pass-catching game. But I was surprised they got rid of Robinson. I kind of was too. I expected they would keep him and just be a two. Relegate him yeah. to like RB2 yeah. and then let ETN take the starter role because I, I've i been saying this for weeks and weeks. He was the better running back. He was just a, a matter of time before he kind of took it over. But it was a surprise that they traded Robinson away for me as well. I, I think... You know, now now they don't. Who's the backup? Right. I don't even know off and the top of my head. I watched a couple of his plays last week. He's good at getting in space, but holy shit, he needs to unhitch the wagon sometimes. He's not good at breaking away. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because they talk about how much more explosive he is. And he is explosive, but there is twice where he got caught from behind. Where if he was maintaining his top speed, he probably would have scored. That's that's just you got to get moving, buddy. <laughs> So I'm, I mean, not like Robinson is some speedster either, but if you have two running it. backs as opposed to two, I, I guess lessen the workload. You can have more explosive plays with fresher legs. Yeah, That's I, just where I'm at. I don't know. I think there's about three fantasy-relevant players in this game. ETN, with the, with the workload, he's an obvious... He, I mean, he's a minimum RB2, I think, going forward now. Mm-hmm. With weeks where he's going to give you RB1 production. But... Beyond him and Jacksonville, it's Christian Kirk. Maybe. And that's, yeah, he's and, and Patrick Sertain's covering. Right. Too. So even that's like the matchup this week isn't great. No. So. And what is it. Russ going to give you? How good is he? You have he? no idea what Russ he's is going to give you. He's not been good when he's been healthy, quote unquote. We don't know how long he has yeah. been in pain for, but and whatever he's going to give you. And if you get ripened instead, it's not much better. No. And if, if you get, if you get a beaten up Russ playing because he's, thinks he has to and he doesn't play well i mean that's the entire offense will suffer and that no matter what they're not in a good spot because if if you whether you play ross or, or ripen no matter what the offense is still going to be dysfunctional and it's really hard to trust anyone and cam fleming is out so they're down an offensive tackle as well yeah and their running game has not been good you can't trust melvin gordon or latavius murray no, or mike boone they right miss javante yeah they do uh i think we all miss javante yeah we really do <laughs> The, the the pass catching group it's like Sutton it's was Sutton for sure but Sutton he... was showing life earlier this year and then Russ got hurt and things kind of fell apart and now it's like you can't trust him you can't trust Judy Greg Dolchich the tight oh, end yeah came along first the last touchdown couple weeks. score he's he's apparently a target in that offense he seems to be the number one tight end there it makes no sense so, whatever happened to Alberto Guacabum no idea where he went but. Uh, fucking Dolchich appears to have taken his spot as the starter. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? So, I mean, you might might be able to get by with him as like a streaming tight end this week. 
because there's I wouldn't not do a it. lot of other options out there. But You're going to wake up to a 2.1 point performance when you get up at around 11. Very real possibility, yeah. for sure. I'd um, stay away from this game altogether for altogether. the most part. You, I'm not streaming either quarterback. Run game in Denver's dead. I would play Etienne. Mm-hmm. And Denver's defense. I'm okay with playing that. Yeah, because... I'm okay with either defense, probably. Jacksonville scares me more because they let the Colts yeah, do that to them, too. They, they have, we've had that feeling with them before, and it didn't pan out. So if I had to lean one, I'd lean Denver. For sure. The the over-under in this game is only 40.5. So it's not like they're expecting... Vegas is, does not expect a lot of points scored in this game. So I think either defense could be okay. But Denver is mm. definitely the preferred. Yeah. Um, well, I, that, I think we can move on from that fucking dumpster yeah, there's, fire. There's not much to cover. Oh, great. Another good game, Carolina and Atlanta. This one's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, as look well. at Carolina yeah. though. Shout out to them last week, winning twenty-one to three against Tampa. I don't know how that after happened. losing McCaffrey and several other pieces, and they're going to lose more. They might not have the same roster tomorrow when we. <laughs> they very well might not. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Foreman's going to be a smash start for me this week. I think. Yeah, because you have to because Blackshears is back up with with Chuba Hubbard out. out. Yeah, I, I think. Foreman's going to get a lot of work. I think he'll be playable in most most formats. Um, I wouldn't expect a massive game. I don't think he's going to have a blow-up game. But he's I gonna think get Carolina might win this relatively similar to how they won last week, and I think I there might too. be some success. Atlanta has A.J. Terrell out, too, and their secondary is totally different without him. Yeah, So I, and that's, that's a good thing you mentioned that because I was going to bring up D.J. Moore because of the injury to Terrell. It's like mm-hmm. he could have another good week this week. He had his first real nice game of the year last week, and – He's primed for another good one this PJ week. PJ Walker is like a nice little backup. I think He's so, like too. the same level as like Jacoby Brissett. And I, I think that Walker actually has some chemistry with Moore, it seems to be. They've played together they've, before, too. Huh? Yeah, it seems seems to me like Moore does better with him in there than he has been for sure with Baker. I think everyone hates Baker there, I just yeah. think. Since Robbie Anderson put that out in the media, there was just... I can't believe they still traded for him. Yeah, ba- Baker might as well just sit on the bench. There's, I mean... At this point, they have nothing else to play for anyway. Uh, Who's going to sign him next year? Because someone's swinging. <clears throat> someone's for sure swinging at him. It's I'm trying to think of teams that needed a quarterback in the draft that didn't take one. Minnesota. Wrong. Uh, Jesus. You didn't draft a quarterback, did you? No, we didn't. You need one. Um, Eventually we will, but they're going to roll with Kirk. Yeah, you need one. <laughs> would you rather a Baker Mayfield over Kirk Cousins? Because I don't think anybody would. Baker's probably. Oh, uh, no, Kirk's worth more for sure with all his guarantees. Yeah, I'm trying to think who would take a swing at Baker. But, I mean, the Colts, we talked about that one. That's um, most likely. Or Washington, because it doesn't seem. Jets. Like, I think they'll be tied to Zach Wilson for another year. It's only a second season, and he missed the first, what, four or five weeks? Mm-hmm. But Pittsburgh, no, because they drafted Pickett. They won't sign Baker. Pickett's horrible. They're gonna they're gonna run. Pickett, Pickett. is horrible. <laughs> you need to you need to accept that. Peyton Manning was not good his rookie season. Oh either. my god! Yeah, he was. He just threw a lot of picks. <laughs> well, Pickett's not, Pickett scored ten points last week as an offense. Hey, you got to start somewhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one place to go from there. You can only get better. <laughs> The kid's learning. Yeah, learning how to fucking lose a career. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, so for Carolina, 
I would honestly consider streaming PJ Walker this week if you have nobody, or if you're in a two quarterback league and you're down bad. I don't, I don't think hate I hate it. it. I don't hate it. Atlanta's pass defense <clears throat> with AJ Terrell is significantly worse, and Jalen Hawkins is out as well. So, and D. Alford is questionable with a hamstring. So literally, all the injuries that the Falcons are dealing with are in the secondary. And we know the offense sucks. <laughs> so Carolina but, hey, should have plenty of opportunities. Hey. All right, buddy. <laughs> the offensive line sucks. All right. The play calling sucks. <laughs> nah, Arthur Smith's a genius. <laughs> okay. His dad, his dad works at FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say though, the Panthers also have JC Horn questionable and Justin Burris, another safety as well. So both secondaries are banged up. So you're saying Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts season. Game. He might get four receptions this week. That'd be a season high yards. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a season I, high. I hate that man. I knew I should have dished him when he scored. Yeah. Fucking Arthur Smith is ruining Kyle Pitts, which makes no sense. Cause he was a tight end coach in Tennessee forever and they were actually good. And then ended up being the offensive coordinator when we had the most success as an offense. So like you think those two would correlate good play calling that you've now developed and your love for the tight end. That should be a match made in heaven for Pitts. I just don't understand how it's not. They got blown out last week and they only attempted 13 passes in a losing game. I could do it. So, I mean, I don't think he's seen a game script or a front seven or eight or nine in the box <laughs> that he won't run against. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks he's still got Derek. I think that's his only <laughs> game plan. It's all he knows how to do. I think I think Arthur Smith calling a pass is pretty much done by mistake. Yeah, right? Like it, it's, it's audible at the line because yeah. it's like engage eight. <laughs> <laughs> Mariota looks at the sideline. He goes, look, boss, we got 10 guys in the box I don't right want to die, man. <laughs> I'm going to throw this one. They don't even have a corner on that guy. You have like a two wide receiver yeah. set. <laughs> Fucking, they left Kyle wide open out there, <laughs> coach. Can we at least get him the ball? No. <laughs> They're basically running a fucking punt block formation, and he's like, no, we're running yeah, this thing. Yeah, right. Fucking goal line defense. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. They might as well They might as well not even play with tight ends, and they should just have like three or four tight ends on the roster that are actually just offensive linemen and go fucking double tight end sets, eight offensive linemen or seven offensive linemen on the field. If they're going to run that much, fuck it. You know, and Tennessee, a lot of tight end sets, put, double uh, tight end sets when he was put there. Drake London and Kyle Pitts on the outside run with two tight ends that are really just offensive linemen. I can see Drake London having a big day today, by the way. I, I hope so because he hasn't done shit the last few weeks and he was like, you know, borderline wide receiver two for the first three weeks of the year. He was getting tons of targets yeah. and like he was scoring touchdowns at times. Like it was, it looked really promising. Mariota's going to feed him. <clears throat> He's got to feed somebody. It's hard when you only let you throw 13 times. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a bone to pick with the Atlanta coaching staff. Hey, it's my boy. <laughs> Good news is if he gets fired, he can just go to daddy's money. But he's got probably Correct. Now as well, himself, so he should be fine. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to get fired, and then fucking Vrabel's going to bring him back yeah, to the which OC I would in love. Tennessee. I would love that. Do you really want him yes. as the OC there? Yes. Even though... Anyone but Todd Downing. I'll, I'll let you be the OC there. Todd Downing is so bad. I'll be the GM in reverse time to go back to April and never make that horseshit <laughs> draft fucking trade. All right, anyway, Chicago at Dallas. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The Bears don't have anyone out, but they also don't have any talent, so I'm not really sure that this is going to go well, but Justin Fields has been playing better as of late. He actually had the last three games, because of his rushing output, has been, for fantasy, very serviceable. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been... 19 points three weeks ago then he had 20 
the week after that and 25 last week, I want to say. Um, so he's getting it done. He's had 80 rushing yards in each of the last two games. If they keep using him like that, he will be 100%. He will be a factor. You'll be able to p- pick him up and play him almost any week. Yeah, the problem is that. the first six weeks of the year, they also weren't running with him or throwing with him. So then my, then my fear is that he's going to get hurt. That is a concern when you're running a quarterback. That's and they have no help blocking anywhere. Their offensive line is horrible. The receivers suck, so they can't really move the ball any way out, any other way. They either hand off or they're going to have to go fucking zone. But that's their only shot at winning. So hey, I'm here for it. And from a fantasy perspective, if he stays healthy, that's huge. Yeah, he's he's right now. I would put him right on the fringe of like he's a streamer. He's like Danny Dimes level. Yeah, another couple weeks though, where they if they use him the same that they have the last two or three, he'll be a back-end quarterback one just with the rushing upside. Larry uh, fucking Borum, an offensive lineman for the Bears, is also out, so I'm not even sure if he's a starter, but if he is, they're down even another piece. Uh, Dallas has Zeke Doubtful, which he's going to miss this game. I can't believe he didn't blow his knee up. There's reports that it was an MCL tear. There's reports that it's not. Um, He played through something similar last year but i'm not certain that anyone wants that version of zeke let alone the version of zeke you've gotten on an inconsistent basis this year so that terrifies me but i th- i think tony pollard's a home run pick this week i think this yeah is potentially this is his chance to really show that he can be the guy going forward so that maybe next year they do get rid of zeke so who knows but noah brown dalton schultz terrence Steele, micah parsons Malik Hooker are all questionable as well. So there's a lot of banged up pieces Yeesh. on this defense. I don't think it's enough to get Chicago by. I think Dallas no. still wins this game, but I think it could be a lot closer than people think it's going to be. Yeah. Because Dallas's defense has been pretty fucking good this year. They have. On paper, Dallas is a far superior team. So you would, I want to say that they're going to pummel them. But with Zeke out and. You know, they've been a lot of pieces on the defense. Yeah. With Dak just kind of getting back into the swing of things. Schultz is still meh. Yeah. So it's like the injuries are going to be, I think, just enough to slow them down Dallas and just enough to keep Chicago in things. Chicago runs the ball fairly well and they run it a lot. So it's like they're kind of forcing themselves to stay in games, even though they really don't have a great shot at winning them. (laughs) Time of possession, baby. Yeah. I think it's going to be rare that you see Chicago get blown out this year. Just because the team doesn't have the ball enough. Just because of the way that they yeah, the operate. way that they operate, and that's I mean that's their best chance of winning. And they're probably not going to score a bunch either because the way they play probably get six possessions a game. So. Right, <laughs> that's just it. You're only going to give yourself a few drives a game where you're going to be able to actually get points on the board. So yeah. their best bet is to hold the team to 14 points and then hope you can score 20. Yep. You know. Um, I think we can move on though. Is there anything else that you would? I guess would you start the Cowboys defense? Yes, 100. percent I would. Yep. Um, the only. I mean, Pollard and CD are obvious starts for me. Yeah. I'd uh, start Dak. Anyone? Uh, probably, but Chicago's defense has also been okay this year. And they did just get rid of, what's his name? Um, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. Yeah. I I think Dak is startable. I think he's like a low-end QB1, you know, but I also I don't feel super confident in it. Um, Maybe they go a little bit more pass-happy this week with Zeke, sure. you know, and they, they don't have the luxury of leaning on the – Run game. 15, 20 carries mm-hmm. a game that you can just have, have Zeke run into the back of the offensive line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> maybe uh, they'll be better for it. We'll see. <laughs> oh, God, it was funny. 
Um, one one other name I'd mention, Darnell Mooney's actually starting to get a Shut few up. targets. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this conversation. He's, he's like low end streamer status, but he's the fact that he's actually getting targets is encouraging because he's about all they have. So if he can give you four or five receptions a game going forward and get you 50 to 80 yards and maybe maybe scores a touchdown this season, um, I mean for bye weeks if you can plug him in and PPR half point and get eight ten points out of him probably about your cap but mm-hmm. at least you're getting something that's about it though on that side of things i there's no one else in that offense other than maybe montgomery that's worth having yeah that's fair so we can move along uh miami at detroit this is going to be offensively could be good if lines can get everybody back that is questionable mm-hmm. and swift st brown swift is playing right yep swift is taken off the injury report so he is for sure going to be active that's beautiful yep this uh, Jamison Williams, however, will not for another month. Yeah, that sucks, man. I've already started dropping him. Yeah, I had him stashed in a, in a couple of different leagues, and it's like it's just at this point. What's the point? By the time you get him back, it's going to be basically playoff season, and they probably won't, won't use him as much as you want. He's yeah. a rookie still at that point. He needs reps. Yep, correct. It's going to be more of like a red shirt season for him. Basically, I think. so the end of the season Which could he, end up being good for him. Well, right, and if he plays at all at the end of the year, it's going to be more like a preseason mm-hmm. for him. Where it's and they don't limited. feel like they missed out on a first round draft pick because they still have Hutchinson playing well. So right, yeah, I think if provided everyone is able to come back healthy and play. I know Amon Ra's questionable, but I, th- I think he'll play this week. Um, I mean, Vegas thinks this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week, 51 and a half over under. So there could be points on the board. Now we said the same thing with Detroit last week too. And then they got Scored the sh- six points. Yeah. They got the shit beaten out of them. So um, Miami definitely wins assault. this game. Yeah. Miami wins. I think so as well. Um, Xavier Howard is questionable though as well. He logged two limited practices to end the week, so I okay. think he's trending That's towards probably playing. Probably going to go. Yep. But if Amon Ra goes, that would be a matchup to watch because they're both obviously not 100% either. So. Yeah. Um, I You start everyone in Miami's. I think this is another Raheem Mostert smash hit game. Mm-hmm. I think their running backs are both going to do very well in Swift and Mostert. Yeah. the Detroit's defense, because they've been piss poor in many facets, there's i mean this is a this is a defense you want to be targeting with any player on your mm-hmm. roster um miami i think should be able to put up tons of yards yeah i agree points. and i think getting swift back in a healthy facet especially if amon rod doesn't go he's even more so the best weapon on their offense now and he's going to get a lot more usage just having him back i think they're going to try to incorporate him a shit ton i think so too. they're definitely missing him and the only success they really had this season was when they were full go with him and amon and feeding swift the ball yeah, I think their best chance of winning is to have him heavily involved, and I think he opens up a lot of things for that offense. So it's yeah, having him back because you know the last few weeks they've struggled without him. Yeah, but having him back, I think, can help them in so many areas because obviously he's a good runner. They can use him in the passing game, but I think he'll also open up the passing game for them, and I think Goff needs that. Yeah, 100%. He Goff, needs a pass-catching running back. That's where he's had success yeah, everywhere I, in his career. I don't think Goff is the type of QB that can go out and just put a game on his back. Mm-hmm. He needs support, and this is the support, is DeAndre Swift. So being able to use him and get the play-action pass going and kind of open up some lanes a little bit for Goff to kind of pick and choose where he wants to go with it, I think is going to be big for them so i i 
I want to say I think they'll be able to put some points on the board, but I'm going to give it one more week before I'm like, okay, Detroit yeah. is for sure. And I'm, what scares me is that a lot of who's out for Detroit this week, that they have Mike Hughes out, Chase Lucas out, Deshaun Elliott, and Afido Menelanu, or Melfuanu, or however the hell you say his last name. He's not a very good corner, but these are all guys in the secondary that are out already. I don't know that Detroit's pass secondary is good anyways. I mean, they have one good corner in Jeffrey Okuda. That's about it, and he's been very inconsistent over his NFL career. So I think that both the uh, Dolphins wide receivers go off, mm-hmm. and if that happens, Swift is going to lose a lot of his run potential, but he's still using the passing game, so you get like a mediocre Austin Eckler performance. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. I think that Hill and Waddle both have a long touchdown in this game because mm-hmm. Okuda can only cover one of them, and even that, it's like, can he really cover All right. You know, can anyone really cover them on a straight line? Yeah, I think Tyreek Hill. They have they have found that he can essentially they, he can get anyone. himself open anywhere <laughs> because of how quick he is. So it's, I mean, that's the thing too. He's not just fast; he's quick. It's right. He's very twitchy, it's, and that's a terrifying combination. It's the combination of the straight line speed with the acceleration and like the the quick twitch. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of guys have one or the other; they don't have both. Yeah, but it's very rare you see a guy that's got literally olympic level speed and and can cut on a dime like that and make those kind of moves and they're figuring that out and they're using him that way and i he's gonna be a target hog the rest of the year they're gonna they're gonna funnel targets his way tyreek so good and he's he's gonna be i think elite the rest of the way yeah for sure and this Miami's is, gonna get back on track i think miami wins this handily yeah with the with a bad secondary i think that they are easily able to to take advantage of it sure all right move on to arizona at minnesota yeah uh i'll let you take this lead i don't know how to feel about this game i don't know how to feel about any vikings games this year because it's been so weird five and one but I don't feel five and one that they they feel like a 500 team yeah because every game it's felt like oh god here we go again or it's like okay we're gonna blow this something but it just we seems don't like five and one it just seems like this year you're finding a way to win those close games where in Correct. years past you've been finding a way to lose those close games which is nice it's refreshing don't right. get me wrong it's like i'm happy to be winning games that we shouldn't be winning <laughs> at times you know it's the opposite of what we've had the last four or five years could just be the pessimistic fan in you too oh yeah man it's it's ingrained in you if you're a vikings <laughs> fan which is partially why i'm nervous about this game it's the Vikings fan in me that's like, okay, this is the type of game where Arizona's been struggling. Um, they've looked out of sync. The, you know, Kyler's been hit or miss. D-Hop's back, though. Hopkins is back, but James Conner's out, so the running game could struggle. This just feels like the type of game where Kyler goes off and we can't handle Hopkins, and he just has, like, a monstrous game, and, and it's a close game. And you said you do struggle with mobile quarterbacks, don't you? We do. Correct. Yeah, uh, look what Jalen Hurts did to the Vikings. Yeah. I mean, it's the only game this year where it hasn't been a close game. Well, I guess outside the Green Bay game, but we were dominating that one. <laughs> but the 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 Jalen Hurts of the world, guys like him, Kyler, they... Lamar. Yeah, they typically give us problems. So that does worry me a little bit because if the pass rush, which hasn't been that strong this year, can't get to him, he can just run around back there and find somebody. And I, I question whether... Peterson has enough left in him to cover Hopkins for a full game because I don't think Cam Dantzler can do it. He's not very physical. 
and Hopkins is going to be able to just manhandle him. So if Peterson can't hold his own against Hopkins, the Vikings are probably going to struggle defensively. And I think that's going to be like a key matchup as far as how the game goes. Yeah. Um, I expect Hopkins to have a big game. I think as I, Kyler, say, I expect Hopkins to win that. I think Kyler's going to have a good game for fantasy. Uh, I think he could get, you know, 50 rushing yards. He might score. Um, I don't know how the passing game is going to look, but he's going to, for sure, he's going to be relying on D hop. Uh, Ertz, I think will be a big factor as well. I sure hope so. At least they're going to try to get him involved. I know Kendricks will probably be tasked with covering him a lot of times because mm-hmm. he's their best coverage linebacker and it's not close, but he's also getting up there. So we'll see. Um, and then on the Viking side of things too, it's like the offense has been, it's, they've never had uh, a full game where they've just been clicking. Yeah. It's, it's always like the running game is struggling, but you know, Kirk has been okay, or, or maybe or the offense is completely flat. Or Thielen's playing well, and Jefferson's like what? Non-existent. It's just been hit or miss. And so you never know if it's going to be a, a good week or a bad week. As long as somebody plays well each week, you should be okay. Yeah, obviously. You, you don't know, need all the pieces, though, so it's nice about having a team as deep as yours on the starting side of things is that you don't need all of them to play well. Yeah, the one saving grace for the Vikings has been that their offensive line has actually been pretty good, mm-hmm. which has been a huge change. So which, I think, yeah, as I say, which is not commonplace here. Yeah, we we can get away with not clicking in the passing game or not clicking in the running game when our offensive line is good enough to protect if we need to throw or run block if we need to run. Another thing is that you guys have stayed really healthy this year. We don't have. A, I think we have one guy in the injury mm-hmm. report right now. Tennessee has like fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, we've been <clears throat> the healthiest team in the NFL so far. And knock on wood, that which stays correlates that with five and one typically. Yeah. So that that also helps a ton. So barring any significant injuries down the stretch, I mean, um, if we can keep that going, at, at the very least, we'll have a a good season. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, I mean, obviously in this one, Cook, you're starting. Jefferson, you're starting. Thielen, I'm. Okay I think that's hit with... or miss. If there's no better flex options, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And if your other flex option has a shit matchup or something like that, I'm a okay with this. Yeah, I'm okay with starting Thielen. Arizona against receivers have actually been <coughs> somewhat stingy. Um, they're allowing 25 points per game to wide receivers. So they're not the best best in the league. They're nowhere near the bottom of the league either, mm-hmm. though. Um, they're about right around that top 10 mark. So Thielen, I think, is going to give you your average Thielen game. Five for 50. <laughs> That's that's about where I'm putting it. And so then you if, just gotta hope he scores. That's that's pretty much it. And Kirk, to be fair, loves him in the red zone. So he's he's always gonna give you a pretty high touchdown upside. Now whether or not he has the receptions and the yards to really go along with it, but I think his ceiling has come down significantly in the last year or two. So he's capped around I would say fifteen to twenty. Is he points, cuttable but, after this year? Mm, uh maybe because they restructured and like they uh, they signed him to an extension like a year ago, mm-hmm. and they added on like four more years or three more years or something. But with the way that they do like void years and shit down the road now, he could be. I don't know what his actual dead cap number would be after the season, but his long-term future doesn't look great for sticking around unless he wants to make it work here. Yeah. And he might because he's a Minnesota guy. But And they're the ones that took a shot on him. The right. only ones, really. Yeah. So, I mean, 
obviously at this point in his career, if, if we were to cut him, he would catch on somewhere. I don't know what the market would be for him, but I hope they hang on to him at the very least. Just find a way to maybe bring his salary hit, like cap hit down a bit, but keep him as a teacher and a kind of like a locker room leader just because of the presence he has in the, in the locker room. But, sure. um, I do think we, we, we're going to need to draft a wide receiver sometime soon or bring somebody in. There are rumors that they're looking at like Chase Claypool, yuck, or Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I saw I that. Mind. Chase Claypool is gross. Um, I would hate that. Yeah, I wouldn't be a, a, a big fan unless you give up like a seventh maybe to get him. But uh, I think this th- there's a pretty high over-under in this game. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be 23-20. Yep. 24-21, something like that. Um, and it's going to come down to, I think, one big turnover. Whether it's Kyler making a stupid throw or Kirk making a stupid throw, it's going to, I think, come down to an interception late in the game or in the second half. That's going to be the just deciding factor. Okay. That's that's the feel that I get from this one. All righty. Well, shall we move on? Yeah. To the Raiders and the Saints in the Superdome. Uh, Devontae Adams is questionable with an illness. That's scary. He'll play. He'll hopefully. They <laughs> said they said he got a limited practice on Friday. Um, the expectation is that he's going to play even with the bad flu that he's got. I uh, he needs to. Could this be the flu game? Could, could Jordan this be his, he does his, he is sponsored by Jordan. Could this be his Jordan moment? <laughs> They would totally make a commercial about that if it yeah. happened. If he's a, throwing up on the sideline and going for 220. A 63-point <laughs> fantasy performance. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. That would be wild. Wasn't it 63 in Jordan's flu game? I don't remember like what or it was, 50? but it was a crazy amount. I don't remember what the number I'm was. I'm more of a Braun guy. So. Oh, you're one of those mm-hmm. guys. Yep. How many, uh, How many, many rings championships did he go to? <laughs> Who did he have on his team? I'm not even going to start this fucking conversation because <laughs> I really an hour to the podcast. I really don't have a preference over which player. I, oh, I'm not a Jordan fucking, guy or a, oh, or a Bron guy. Fair enough. Um, breaking news: Michael Thomas is still out. So is Jarvis Landry with foot and ankle injuries, respectively. Gee, what a surprise! Uh, I don't know what's going on in New Orleans. Why Jameis is just now benched? It's like he's playing horrible. Does it? Feel that you like they're just trying to okay. We're not going to win this thing. Let's just yeah. Let's try to. We're gonna we're gonna try to look competitive, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Like why are we benching Jameis? He's like your only shot at. Isn't he a better option than Andy Dalton? Olave was playing well. Andy Dalton had that one decent game. Not decent. It was good. I I just don't get the logic. Jameis is, I think, a better quarterback. Than I I Dalton. think I universally most people would agree, but. Maybe Andy Dalton's more safe. I don't know. He still f- turns it over. James just, is more fun to listen to. I'll tell yeah, you that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you want people to watch your games and put butts in seats. Put put James, put James out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to me. Marshawn Lattimore is also out, so that's big, especially if Devontae doesn't play. Or if Devontae does play. Um, he's got no one that can yeah. actually cover him. So if he's sick, that might help him to the point where he can still be dominant versus a lesser cornerback playing at probably not 100%. Uh, Matt Collins is also questionable, as well as Darren Waller. So the pass-catching group is pretty Beaten banged up. up. Yeah. yeah. 
I would expect reason. more Josh Jacobs because yeah. of it. All the more reason to hyper-target Devontae if he does play. Yeah, so. Jacobs should get a, a hefty, hefty dose of touches. Those are the two no-brainers that you would start in. Is Josh Jacobs legit? No. Like, is he a is he a top 10 running back this year? I think these three weeks might just keep him in the conversation. No I, what, even if he has mediocre games all the way through. I agree with that. Does he maintain, though, top 10 production? No. Do you think? I don't think so either. But... I he's mean, too inconsistent. They didn't use him at the beginning of the season. I don't know. He's known to get injured. He's tough as nails, but he fucking does get hurt a lot because he mm-hmm. welcomes contact with open arms. Well, and when you're running him 30 times a game, at some mm-hmm. point he's going to get nicked up. Yeah, he's not as big of a back as other guys that get the ball 30 times. Very few. Mm-hmm. There's very few guys like that left that can handle it. I'm not sure that <clears throat> anyone really can over a elongated period of time, but yeah. if we're just going season long... Yeah. I I think he's a great play this week. Uh, scratch that. I don't want to say he's a great play. New Orleans defense has been pretty tough against the run. So I, I, I it's not like I expect him to go for 150 again, but he's probably going to have 25 or 30 touches. Yeah, so, so the volume would, is going to be. Don't be surprised <clears throat> if he breaks 100 in a score. Yeah, he's probably going to have elite level usage, whether or not he does much <laughs> elite with Elite level it. production, however. Yeah. We're still not sold on, especially versus the New Orleans run defense that's been pretty good yep but if Devonte and matt collins are out and waller if any combination of those minus really matt collins as much but if waller Devonte is out he'll get it even more of a workload and mm-hmm. that's going to be good for him hunter renfro could actually be a sneaky play this week too because he's been getting dropped now that he's come back and there hasn't been a whole lot of use there yeah but if waller's out matt collins is out Devonte is not at 100 percent. we know car loves him we know that they he'll use him so he could be a sneaky plug-and-play sort of option this week, but I would keep an eye on the pregame uh, injury report before you make any moves to grab him and drop someone else. Um, but keep him in the back of your mind as an insurance policy because if if you know Waller doesn't play, Hollins is out. They got to throw to somebody at some point, and if Devontae's limited because of his illness, I think Renfro could have a really good game. Yeah, I, honestly, I could really agree with that. Um, the more and more you say it, the more and more I think about it. I like that a lot. On the New Orleans side of things, it's for me, it's Camaro Alave. Yep, that's that, it. That's it. There's no one else that you can take a, even a chance on because you don't know. <laughs> they're the only go. two that are even fucking sustainable in that offense right now. So and they're healthy. Taysom Hill gets like just no, very yeah. irregular use. I'm you not. Can't bank I'm not on banking him. on that. Not even as a tight end now because sometimes he doesn't do anything. Because if, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he also doesn't catch a pass. Mm-hmm. So Or maybe he catches one. Yeah. But you start him as a tight end. Then he gets like two rushes for 12 yards. That's not And you get a point out of him. It's yeah. like, nope. It's it's a dicey problem. If I wanted two points, I'd have drafted Kyle Pitts. Correct. And at this point, you could probably trade for Kyle Pitts if you really want to have two <laughs> points out of your tight end position. I think I'm pretty good on that game, though. Yeah. I am, too. Yep. Uh, divisional matchup here with New England and New York. Oh, this will be interesting. This game should be ugly. Yeah, I think the Jets win. I Actually, too. to be honest, mm. I think it's going to be close. Because without Brees Hall, what are the Jets going to do? Yeah, Michael Carter better step the fuck up. James Robinson. I don't know how much they're going to use him, though. Yeah, And even if they do, I think New England's focus is going to be the run game. shut the run game down. Make Zach that's, beat us. That's how the... Jets have been winning, and even though they don't have Brees Hall, it's like... It says Garrett Wilson season. 
Yeah, I think the blueprint could stay the same for the for the Jets, and or, well, I think that the Patriots will bank on the blueprint staying the same. Uh-huh. I think the pass catching group in New York now is definitely going to get a bump in targets because without without Brees Hall there, you can't just turn a hand the ball off as often. Yeah, and with Elijah Moore now requesting a trade, I like that. Garrett Wilson probably has a higher chance of having a pretty good game here. I him, think him so and too. Corey. Yeah, if. My my hope is that Wilson can get some chemistry built up with Zach Wilson because without without them having some sort of like a breakthrough game, there's no one to trust for the wide receivers. You don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, and the tight ends haven't done shit the last few weeks. It's the the passing group as a whole in New York has just been atrocious, lackluster. Yeah, yeah, which is shocking because it's really not a bad group. They have yeah, with Garrett Wilson and fucking Elijah Moore. I mean, you should you should have two really good receivers there. They just don't throw yeah, a ton. I don't get it. So because they're paying Corey for no reason. I would start the Patriots defense this week. Really? Yes, they're good enough. And the Jets without Brees Hall, it's it's a question mark for me. I don't trust Zach Wilson to put the team on his back. Oh, Corey Davis is out. Yeah. So even more so yeah. reason for Garrett Wilson. Yep, Corey Davis is out. I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I don't even remember what the injury was. But I know he uh, went knee. out. Knee. I know he went out last week and he was going to miss some time. But I don't know how much. Um, Patriots are hurt on the offensive line. David Andrews has a concussion. Isaiah Wynn has a shoulder injury. So that's something to monitor as well. The Jets front seven isn't horrible by any means. So they could get some pressure as well. I might start the Jets defense this week. That's kind of where I'm at. You could probably get away with starting both defenses. Because, I mean, the over-under is only 40. So it's not like there's going to be a... There's not a high expected point total. So it should be low scoring. The Patriots passing game looks horrible. And with the Jets front seven being fairly stout. Yeah, lose his job already. He's going to start this week, they say. Yeah, I know, but... Somehow. He's on an incredibly short lease, like a one-series leash. Yeah, there's there's a lot of dysfunction going on in that offense. So either defense, I think, is startable this week as a streamer. All right. For sure. Well, on to the next game, which should be pretty easy to talk about as well. It is Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. Good night. Upset special. <laughs> yeah, okay. My guy. Uh, Eagles have nobody hurt. Literally nobody on the report. Excellent. Which is good. I mean, this you notice how Minnesota has one, Philly has zero, and they're 6-0 and oh and 5-1 and one, respectively health matters well, in the nfl i'll tell you this kenny's a competitor he wants to play the best competition <clears throat> out there yeah well kenny's so. gonna die uh <laughs> steelers have larry Ogunjobi and levi wallace out on the defense which bodes even better for the philly offense i'm starting every single facet of the philadelphia fantasy team that i can i would start the entire team yeah <laughs> yep but uh, both receivers the miles sanders jalen hurts goddard, goddard i mean they're defense. all defense Jake they, Elliott. They all have room to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, as far as Pittsburgh goes, they're running into a gauntlet. I think Najee's the only one I'd probably start. At this point, yeah. George Pickens, you could probably throw a dart out there for him because he's looked with Pickett since Pickett took over. They seem to be on the same page quite a bit. <clears throat> I don't know that you can expect a big game this yeah, week out of Pickens. Just because he catches 66% of Kenny Pickett's passes doesn't mean it's impressive. Kenny Pickett throws like six times. Hey, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. That's not real. <laughs> I was going to say, Pickens had like 10-plus targets last week, I think. Mm-hmm. And he had a touchdown. So How many catches? Six-ish. How many of the Seven? balls were actually catchable? Probably most of them. <laughs> Kenny Pickett's elite. 
He just needs the elite level talent around him. <sighs> What's wrong with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson? <laughs> They're well, actually their wide receiving core is not bad. No, it's not. They just need um, a quarterback, an offensive line <laughs> to protect their quarterback, <laughs> the franchise cornerstone. <laughs> I hate you. Pickett's going into Philly and coming out with a win. When you buy his jersey, do you think you get two gloves, too? <laughs> they should. They should throw a <laughs> pair of gloves in with every jersey sold. That'd be a sweet little promo deal. Oh, my God. It'd be a good way to move jerseys. Get a free pair of gloves with it. No. Pickett's going in coming out with a win. Interesting. Pittsburgh, Interesting 27. Philly, 3. <laughs> T.J. Watt coming back with his <laughs> brothers. Oh, I there's just no way. It's I think this is the easiest bet of the entire week. Uh, it could be. What's the spread on this game? That's what I'm curious about. Um, let me look. I can probably tell you. I know the over under is at like 42, so they don't expect a ton of points. Most of those are probably going to be going Philly's way. Um, <clears throat> the spread is take, take a guess. And a half. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yep, Philly's ten and a half point favorites. So my money's on Pittsburgh in this game. Actually, shut up. I would, I would take the Steelers to cover. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll take that bet. Uh, oh, it's hard to stay with a straight face. <laughs> and with that being said, on to the next game: <laughs> Tennessee at Houston. <clears throat> Um, this should be interesting. I think regardless of if Tannehill plays or not, because he's banged up with a foot and, or ankle and an illness as well. And talent. This, <laughs> this script is going to be 85% run heavy anyways. Houston's horrible against the run. Derek's last three games against Houston have all gone for over 200 yards. There's just, <laughs> they're just <laughs> all bodes to running only. And if Malik Willis comes in, it's going to stay the same game script. They're going to run a, a lot of RPO and a lot of short play action passes when they do throw. I don't think the game script changes regardless of who the quarterback is, but I am concerned about Jeffrey Simmons. He's an ankle injury as well. He was limited all week. I think he will play because they need him to, but if he <laughs> doesn't, it's going to get bad. Um, as far as other injuries, Rashad Weaver is the only one that they're missing. Uh, Bud Dupree had seven pressures last week, which is tied for the most in the NFL in a single game all year. It's probably the most he's had in a season yeah, in the last year. Yeah. Um, Houston's offensive line has only allowed 10 pressures from the left side, which is typically where he rushes. So we're going to need him to actually play like the $20 million man that he is because he, right now it's been kind of a waste of money through the contract. He can't stay on the field. But Houston's going to be banged up a lot in the wide receiving front. Uh, Nico Collins is questionable, but most likely not going to play. Brandon mm -hmm. Cooks is probably going to get dished, so they've been holding him out of practice. I don't know if he's they, even going to play. He's also listed with a wrist injury. Questionable with a wrist injury, but he logged full practices. Yeah. So they're just holding him out yeah. to keep him healthy. So uh, Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman, as well as Justin McCray and A.J. Can. So Texans are pretty banged up here, but as far as the wide receiving core goes, they really don't have a lot of pass catching options if Nico Collins or Brandon Cooks don't play, which is why I think it's going to be a heavy tight end game. Brevin Jordan's back this week. Jordan Aikens, without those two, if you exclude Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks, is a leading wide receiver on this football team. So I believe that if they don't play, the tight ends are going to be 
the focal point of the passing game offense in Houston and Damian Pierce, the only guy that anyone can name on Houston's offense on most days. <clears throat> Do you think the Titans defense is streamable this week? Uh, depends. Oh, uh, totally dependent on if Jeffrey Simmons plays or not. Cause I know the run defense has been pretty good. Yeah. So if he plays and they can shut down Pierce, I think that there's an avenue for them to have a, pretty a good decent game week. They had a good week last week too. <clears throat> so that was why I was asking is because I was looking at some numbers before we started recording and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, the run defense is good. That's what Houston wants to do. So if they can shut down the running game from, from the Texans, I don't know how Houston's going to move the ball Yeah, with, with everybody being held out or hurt. So it's a big indicator on whether or not Jeffrey Simmons plays, but Nico Autry's been great this year too. It's like four and a half sacks. So it, the front defensive tackles have really been playing well. I think both of them have four and a half sacks actually through six games. And Danico has five tipped passes. Like, they're playing well. It's pretty rare you see interior defensive linemen get four and a half, five sacks. And especially this fast into the season through seven games. Especially two of them. Yeah, because we've already had our bye, too. Mm -hmm. So that's where we get a majority of our pressure, which bodes well for stopping the run as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So hopefully Jeffrey Simmons can go, but that's my biggest area of concern. Um I could see Tennessee losing this game. This feels like the one that they could probably win, but now that I say that, it's going to be the one they lose. <laughs> like the Jets game last year? Yeah. Yeah, fuck me. <laughs> and the Houston game last year? Even though Derek went for 200. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Anything else you want to add for this game? Um, That's about all I got. Okay. Um, we'll move along. The next game at, on my list is not a great one, but Washington at Indianapolis. Yeah, yikes. Um, there's been a few of these games this week. Not a riveting slate of matchups, I would say. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor's an absolute, you know, lock, obviously. Michael Pittman, I think, is in this week. That's it for me. Um... Paris Campbell. That's where I'm intrigued because Paris Campbell's seen a huge uptick in targets, but no, now, that Ellen, yeah, now that Ellinger's there, I'm curious to see if he goes with the best wide receiver on the field and throws at Michael Pittman or goes with what's been working lately and throws at Paris Campbell. I'm intrigued to see what he throws at. Yeah, I think if you're somebody that picked up Paris Campbell in waivers this week, um, or even an Alec Pierce owner, I would wait and see. This week, I wouldn't put him in my lineup until I know, okay, this is kind of how they're doing things because this could be with the quarterback change. We also one of don't those... know how long the leash is because Nick Foles right. is still there. Right. So it's like, we don't know if, if they're going to look the same offensively. I think they're going to go run heavy and hyper target Pittman. I don't know if there's going to be a ton of work involved for a lot of the other guys or at least what, what that work is going to look like. So... I'm okay with rostering Pierce or um, Campbell. I'm probably not putting them in my lineup just yet. And then I'm okay with waiting a week and having them put 20 on the board mm-hmm. on my bench. Because um, at least then you'll have a, okay, now, now you know next week you can play them. Yeah. Uh, Washington side of things, is there anybody that's worth trusting on that offense right now? Mm-hmm. Terry. McLaurin, maybe. because you probably we're banking on him to be a wide receiver too and he's been good when he gets you the know? ball heineke threw to him last week he played decently well um gilmore's there but gilmore hasn't been as good as we've expected him to be 
I guess with with so many injuries to wide receivers and things happening, if like DK and Jamar Chase, the big one that we found out about a few days ago, mm-hmm. put put on IR with a hip, or if you have if you're a Mike Williams owner, that's where you're going to ele- have to elevate guys like McLaurin, yeah, <clears throat> into your lineup. So start him outside I guess. of that. That's probably all I'm. Yeah. And even the running backs, it's hard to trust any of them. I mean, you're obviously you're not you're hanging on to Antonio Gibson at this point in case Robinson were to go down. But even with he's Robinson, not worth he's not worth starting right now. I just even Brian Robinson's been shaky. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's not like he's just he's come in and just been otherworldly. He's been very average. Very very average. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a lot of like. Not a lot to like in this game for fantasy purposes. No, except maybe the defenses, which yeah. are both also bad. But They've been I'd, I'd side miss, yeah. with Washington. I would too, just with a rookie quarterback making his you know NFL debut. Mm-hmm. That they seem to be. I mean that that's a situation that's ripe for turnovers. So I think he'll throw at least a pick, maybe two. And Washington's defenses, I think, on the streaming radar for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. All right. To the Battle of California, San Francisco and the Los Angeles Rams. This would have been such a better game if it was, if the they, Rams just. If they were good. Yeah, if the Rams <laughs> were actually a good team. Uh, does Cam Akers get moved today? I, to the Bills? I don't think that anyone wants to trade for him. Yeah, I, don't I think that I want him either. I think the league realizes that if he doesn't get traded, he's getting cut, and then you can just sign him for cheap. You don't have to give up a draft pick to get him. Yeah. Um, then he gets the pick of the litter too and gets to go where he wants. Yeah. I'm curious to see if he gets cut where he decides to go. Is he going to go somewhere where he thinks he has a chance to win or, or to somewhere play. where he has a chance to be a starter? Mm. Cause he won't get both. He's not going to be the starter. Buffalo in, is the closest shot at both. And he, and won't, he doesn't have it. He won't start there uh, unless he plays out of his mind after he comes in. Mm. And I, I don't think that'll happen, but Buffalo is his best chance. I don't know if the bills would want him. I mean, I'm sure they would, entertain the idea could go to the jets maybe maybe the the backfield even more um jacksonville and take over the james robinson role but they're not going to win either right you know and etn's the starter um shit i mean who else needs a running back right now Mm, atlanta yeah i mean yeah yeah, I know. <laughs> You'll get tons of carries. Yeah. I compete with Tyler Algier <laughs> and an injured Cordero, who's 33. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it one bit. Uh, I don't know where he's going to end up. Where but... are we at with Christian McCaffrey here for San Fran? I think he's going to be a stud down the stretch. I still think that they're going to ease him in a little bit this week. He's obviously going to have more touches and be more involved than he was last week. I think he only had probably six or eight touches total. He's probably going to be in that 15 range. I don't think they're going to come in and use him like featured RB1 right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're going to start using some of those creative ways to get him the ball. I, I think I, you have to. Yeah, you, you traded for him. I mean, you, you, you got to start using him. Arguably the NFL to do that kind yeah. of shit. Yeah, I think, I think he's probably fringe RB1 just based on his upside because he – you know, the offense should be good. Debo's out. Debo's though. out. That's the big part. That, He's going to get those gadget plays. So I that's, think it's, you could see a normal McCaffrey game here. That That's one factor that I hadn't even thought about at first is with Debo out, what's it going to look like for McCaffrey? Because, you know, Brandon Ayuk is not Debo Samuel. No. He can't do what, what Debo does. And McCaffrey's probably the closest thing they have to 
that type of weapon. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just takes that role for now. Which I could see happening. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see that. I I I love McCaffrey in this offense. Yeah, I think long term it'll be good if they can keep him around. Mm-hmm. Um, use checks out, which is also going to hurt the run game. It will. Yeah. Um, more than people think, he's a big facet of this offense. That's why they've kept him around so long, and that's yep. why he continues to be a Pro Bowler is because he's good at what he does. Yep. Uh, for sure. Dre Greenlaws and Eric Armstead are out on the defensive side of the ball, so the pass rushing won't be nearly as good. And Jason Verrett is questionable with a knee injury. So you could see the Rams have a little bit more success. I could see Allen Robinson not playing horrible. I mean, better than he has been. But Cooper Cup's still going to be Cooper Cup. I think you start him regardless. Where are you at with Henderson? I think I'm benching him this week. I think I am too. Uh, San Francisco's defense is quite good against running backs. Um, and Henderson, he's had like the featured sort of role in L.A. before. He's been fine. But I think he's going to be more of a matchup play going forward, and mm-hmm. this is not a matchup you want to target. So I think if you have the option to put him on your bench, I would lean towards doing that. Uh, and the fans from San Fran are going to travel well. This isn't too far of a game. Yeah, they always travel well. So the Niners are only allowing 15 points per game to running backs. Yeah. I don't foresee Henderson having a I'd be ton of I'd be hesitant if I had a top-tier running back, let alone Henderson running against this team right now yeah and and with the way that the rams offense has looked it's like it's really hard to buy into starting him in a bad matchup when you know that they haven't been in sync all Mm. season i'm gonna stay away from both defenses though for sure yeah niners i would play i'm okay with playing Mm. the niners i don't trust the rams can blow up they have the tools to do it they just don't right the fact that i know that they can be one of those teams that gives you a minus four from your defense. I'm just, I can't get behind it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm actually <clears> playing <throat> them in one of my leagues, the Niners. So I'm starting them on my, my roster. I'm okay with it. Mostly because I think outside of like the Rams game, they have some other good matchups that I want to hang on to them for. So it's like, all right, well, I'll bite the bullet on this one and keep them around. But <clears throat> I don't think they'll have a, massive game like i don't think they're going to shut the rams down to like three points you know and have a huge game and and whatever but i i do think it's going to be pretty low scoring mm-hmm. and so I, I i'm okay with starting the niners defense the rams defense i want absolutely no part of yeah <laughs> i don't blame you Mm-mm. makes no sense really doesn't all right well we can move into a game that shouldn't be a good game but it's probably going to be the new york giants at the seattle seahawks on paper this looks like it should be terrible Giants got a lot of injuries. Yeah. I could see Seattle upsetting him here. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they're playing at home. And, I mean, the Giants traded away Kadarius Tony, so there goes their primary offensive weapon. They but use, Seattle's, use him a ton. Seattle's banged up in the wide receiving department as well. Yeah, they are. Lockett uh, and Metcalf are both questionable. Metcalf's probably not going. Uh, Penny Hart, another wide receiver, doubtful. So that's just another guy on the depth chart gone. Uh, Gabe Jackson, the offensive guard, is hurt as well as Phil Haynes. Uh, they're they're banged up. Yeah, this is not a Geno game. If you're a, if you've been a Geno streamer this yeah. year so far, don't play him this week. Marquise Goodwin's not enough. No, and if even if Lockett plays, the Giants against wide receivers have been one of the best teams in fantasy football. This I'd, game could get really ugly because the Giants don't have Galladay. They don't have Kadarius Tony now. They don't have Daniel Bellinger. 
Evan Neal's out. This could get ugly offensively. Barkley's going to have to carry the load. It's going to be a battle of running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenneth Walker is going to be a monster, I think, again this yeah, week. Yeah, I do too. I think he's going to get a ton of carries with the limited passing options that they have. He'll get a ton of work. And the Giants' run defense hasn't been great. Yeah, I'm all aboard. For, I'm all aboard the running back trend this week in this yeah, game. That's for, all it's going to be. For as good as it, they've been against the pass, they've struggled a little bit more against the running game. So I think Kenneth Walker is about the only viable option from the Seattle side of things. And, that's how I feel about Barkley. And that's exactly what I was going to say about Barkley, too. He's probably about the only viable option on the Giants' side. So, Yeah. And I, I'm not starting either defense. No, I'm not. They're... They're just not worth uh, the gamble. I think if you have to stream one of them, I'm okay with it, be- solely for the fact that this is going to be a severely low-scoring game, I believe. Yeah, I would. I'd be okay streamlining or streaming the Giants. I think if I had to pick one. Yeah, I just think, yeah, they might give a big plays to Kenneth Walker, Saquon Barkley, respectively, whichever side you're on. But that's all these offenses are going to do. And even if he has an 160-yard day with a touchdown. That's not going to destroy your fantasy production from your defense if they have a turnover. So they're probably right around the 10-point range, and that's mm-hmm. solid for me. Yep. Um, Move along. Yeah. Game of the week. Game of the week. Well, it would have been if the Packers were better. Oh, it's like they trade away their number one wide receiver and they get worse. I'm not familiar at all. I'm okay with it. Not familiar <laughs> at all. Or if you're like the Vikings, you trade away your number one wide receiver and you get one that's actually better. I don't think he's actually better. But <laughs> I think I, they're pretty comparable. I think they're almost the exact same type of player, right? Honestly, but um, um, Packers without Alan Lazard to an already awful pass offense. Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, that's about um, Aaron Jones. Hello. I sure hope Aaron Jones. They need to put Aaron Jones in the, in the slot constantly and just let AJ Dillon run. They need to do something different. Yeah, they're not using their <clears throat> weapons the way that they should. Aaron Rodgers is also questionable with a thumb injury. He'll play, but he's been dealing with it the last week or two. Uh, Packers' offense is just so uninspiring. Bakhtiari's not 100%. He hasn't mm-hmm. been since he, missed, he tried to come back. It's been like two years. Yeah, I he think missed last done. week. and the That offense is just in shambles right now. And the Bills' defense is only getting healthier now. With oh, notice the Bills only have two guys on their injury report, and they're also 5-1. and one. Sensing a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Buffalo defense was good, you know, early in the year when they were dealing with some injuries, but I think they're getting a little bit healthier now. They should have no problem handling the, the Packers in this yeah, game. Yeah, this they're, should be a relatively unclose game. But yeah, I do think Aaron plays the best game he's played all year. He's going to have to. If they want to even have a chance. I mean, this is not going to be a game where Rodgers, I think, can get away with throwing for 150 yards, Mm-mm. and they're going to st- keep it close. He's going to have to throw for 300, and the run game's going to have to be successful. I think so as well. So It's the only way it's going to keep his options open down the field is if they can have a run game that needs to be respected. Yeah, I, I think that they're <clears throat> unless Rodgers has a big game, they're going to be in a world of hurt because Buffalo's yeah. going to be able to move the ball. and uh, I'd start... Pretty much everyone on Buffalo, I, mm-hmm. except for Gabe Davis. I'm out on Gabe <laughs> Davis this week. I would start him. I, I wouldn't expect mm, like secondary is a... good, and he's very big play dependent. I don't trust Gabe Davis this week. Yeah, I I'll wouldn't go into that a little bit more. I wouldn't be planning on him having you know a 25 point week, but I would I'd be okay playing him in the off chance he gets into the end zone. He won't. But oh, Gabe Davis. 
I think even Isaiah McKenzie, I'm okay with starting. I this would week. much rather I'd start Isaiah McKenzie. I'm not starting Gabe Davis. Yeah, McKenzie, I just it worries me that they haven't used him when he's been healthy because he did get hurt. When he's been healthy, they haven't used him a ton at times either. They said a couple of pretty good games and then a mm-hmm. couple just absolute duds. So it's like it's I wanted to I tried to talk myself into thinking he was going to be the new Cole Beasley, and so far they're not using him that way. Mm-hmm. So maybe they eventually they kind of start to work him into that role more. You know, just a slot guy that gets a ton of targets. They're just low value. But until they start to do that, it's hard for me to trust him. He's rosterable, absolutely. Yeah. And that offense, you know. You have to be. Yeah, but uh, it's it's hard for me to put him in a lineup right now. Dawson you, Knox, are you starting? No. No? Would you start Dubes or Watson if Watson's back? Because he's questioning. I would start... Oh, man. I wouldn't want to start either. If I had to pick one, I would say probably Dobbs just because I think that because he's been healthy, I think Rodgers might trust him a little more to be where he wants him to be. Um, You know, Watson's missed a ton of time, and then he's had, you know, drops and things like that. He's been inconsistent. So I think the trust factor with Rodgers isn't there. Now, he might not have the luxury of saying, hey, I trust you. I can throw it. He might just have to throw in the ball sometimes this this week. <clears throat> but if Rodgers doesn't think you're going to be where he expects you to be, we've seen it before. He just won't throw to you. So I, if I had to pick one, I think I would pick Dobbs. I think they use him in the short game a lot. They'll use him in screens and things like that and try to get him the ball in space. So I would I would pick Dobbs. I don't know that I would start him. I, I'd yeah. be okay with it, him playing as a flex maybe, but um, just because they don't have anything else. But he wouldn't be my first choice. I'll say that. Bills defense, I'm smashing this week. Oh yeah, I um, have to. Packers are obviously on the bench. Probably, you know, probably okay with putting them on the waiver wire. Honestly, they're it's not like they've been lighting the world on fire. Um, yeah, I think I think there's a ton of room for Buffalo in this game to just kind of bludgeon the Packers. Yeah, it's, this could get ugly quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the Monday night game, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland's been in a lot of close games they lost. Yeah, this is kind of a gross game. I kind of think it'll be a decent game. It'll be run-heavy a little bit. Yeah, I think it will be a close game. But I think Tyler Boyd's going to step up and have a good a good week. I would definitely start Tyler Boyd this week. Yeah, and I think the Jamar Chase injury for the next four to six weeks, Hayden Hurst is a, I don't want to say must-start tight end, mm-hmm. but he should be in your lineup yeah. if you've got him. The only way you shouldn't be starting to Hayden Hurst is if you have Kelsey, Mark Andrews, or somebody like that. Kyle Pitts. Goddard. <laughs> you know, and I bench Kyle Pitts for Hurst in a league because without without Chase there, we saw it without Higgins earlier this year. Yep. Hurst, his usage was great. For and Chase's end. usage has been going through the roof these last few weeks before he got hurt, so mm-hmm. this is a match made in heaven. Yep, so I think, I think you're going to see a lot of the same things we saw when Higgins was hurt with Hurst, where he got an uptick in targets. I think you're going to see the same thing now. Tyler Boyd is going to be, I think, should be in most starting lineups going forward. I agree. It's a good flex option. And T. Higgins might elevate into a elite wide receiver for mm-hmm. the next four or five weeks. And he's already borderline one. He's already a borderline wide receiver one. But I think he'll get into like that elite territory for the next four or five weeks. I like his matchup versus Denzel Ward, too. He's a bigger wide receiver. I think he can win that matchup. Yeah, and Cleveland, it's like they've been 
their offense is even with Nick Chubb doing great. Yeah, Nick Chubb's season, moving the ball for him. It's just that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, Kareem Hunt's been getting shut down the last few weeks. He got a touchdown last week. But that they was can bad. just win a couple games and get to even. They got a shot at a wild card if Deshaun comes back and plays well. I don't think they'll be able to get there. I don't think they'll be able to win a few games. Down I'm the so stretch. curious to see how he plays. When do you pick him up off waivers? Do you? If he comes in like the first week and has a monstrous week, I would maybe consider it. But at the same time, I just don't like the guy. Uh, yeah, same. You know, I'm, I'm under the assumption that in like two weeks he'll already be gone. I'm yeah. Somebody's gonna somebody's gonna do it. I'm okay with it not being me. I guys like that that have that kind of baggage. Yeah, I typically just avoid. Yeah, altogether. <laughs> You know, and I know you're trying Which to win. all 32 franchises should as well. Yeah, I, I know you're trying to win. It's fantasy and whatever, you know. It's not time to get into the semantics of what happened and what all all the Deshaun shit that went down for the last couple of years. But I'm not rooting for that fucking guy. No, that's just <laughs> it. It's like, do I want to win my fantasy week? Yes, but do I want to cheer for Deshaun Watson to have a big game to get me there? No. No, I don't. Sorry. So I'm okay with. You starting Cooper this week? Yes, I am. Same. Yep. Um, he's about the only viable passing target there. Yeah, Cooper and Chubb are the only two I'm starting on Cleveland's. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is rosterable at this point. Mm-hmm. He's been getting targets, uh, pretty stable targets. Um, I He's a, he's a bi-week fill-in, so you're okay putting him in your lineup if you need to, if, if you got a bi-week or an injury because of the shit we've seen happen with wide receivers the last two, three weeks. But I also don't feel super confident in them just because it's a <clears throat> low-volume passing offense. And they haven't really been clicking a ton the last few weeks either. They're not scoring a ton of points. Sure. They're losing games. So I, I'm i okay with owning Peoples-Jones. I'm not comfortable starting him, but sometimes you start guys you don't want to when you get into this part of the season because there's injuries and there's buys. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely um, – a lot worse options you could have in, in a bye week fill-in than Donovan Peoples-Jones, too. Either one of the defenses interest you? Not enough to start because you can get gashed by both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I had if to If I'm leading one, one, it's Cincy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Cincy could put too many points on the board. It's not worth starting Cleveland. Yeah, where you could take the run game away and then Cleveland's got to beat you through the air, and I'd hate that a lot more than yeah, having think. Cincinnati have to beat you through the air because they can. Right, if... if if since he can shut down the running game for the Browns, they're just, they're going to struggle. That's it. So it's it's a tall task. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy thing to do with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the offensive line there. But if they can slow the running game down, they could be a viable defense. But sure. it's also it's a tough matchup yeah. for that. So anything yeah. else you want to add for the games this week? Well, I think we can roll into our shines, pines, and borderlines. Let's do it. Who you got first? Uh, my shine for this week is Chris Olave. Oh, yep. Um, he's playing the Raiders, who have been—they're not the worst in the NFL, giving up points against receivers, but they're also nowhere near the top. <clears throat> and without Michael Thomas again, without Jarvis Landry again, I think Olave is primed for another 15-target game. Not—not not exactly. He had 14 last week. He's had 13 or 14 in a few games this year. Sure. I think you're going to see it again this week. I'm kind of. On the boat of Raheem Mostert this week more so than anything. I love him versus Detroit. Their yeah. running game's been horrible, especially mm-hmm. if Amon Ra doesn't play and they don't have 
the capabilities to stay in this game through the air, I think Miami's just going to continue to run the ball once they get up big, and Raheem Mostert's just going to continue to gash Detroit. I think Raheem Mostert's a smash pick, as well as Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's my other shine of the week. I think that this is his opportunity to really show that going forward he can be the guy, and that next year especially, if they get rid of Zeke, that he they can sustain a good offense with him, or this is Tony Pollard's prove-it game to when Dallas doesn't keep him going forward to next year he signs a big deal because teams now believe in him as a starting running back consistently it's been rare that zeke's missed time but when he has missed time we've seen pollard in that role thrive Mm -hmm. um he won me a playoff game a couple years ago because zeke went down and he went off for like 25 points 30 points so we know he's capable of it so i do think he's a great uh, this is the reason you hang on to guys like him yeah, for absolutely. this exact scenario. Because so. I think his his upside without Zeke there is significantly higher than Zeke's upside without Pollard there. And the Bears losing another key piece in Robert Quinn mm-hmm. just helps for the run game for Dallas's sake. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, th- I I like Mostert as a shine pick as well because you know you said it. Miami, if they can get up big, you know if they if they get a twenty point lead or something late like late in the game, mm-hmm. second half, it's going to be run the ball. And it'll be Mostert most of the most time. Mostert and Chase Edmonds. Yep, it'll be a, a combination of the two, but Mostert's the guy to own. He's the starter. He's taking the work. So I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to, to rack up yards. So I like that pick. Um, my Week 8 Pine, and we I mentioned this already. You brought it up. Uh, Daryl Henderson against San Francisco. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm benching him. Yeah, that run defense is terrifying, and he hasn't proven that he's good enough even against average run defenses to yeah, warrant a start. That- the the Rams offense has just looked so off. And then you combine that with the fact that Henderson has been just deflating. You know, he's been okay at times, but he's also he's not a true number one running back. Mm-hmm. And the offensive line has looked poor. And they've got a tough matchup with a front seven in San Francisco that's really, really good. And they have injuries now too. No boom went down as well. So right. there's a lot of Yeah, it's there's just a bunch of contributing factors with Henderson that it has less to do with the fact that I don't believe in him as a player, mm-hmm. more to do with the fact that everything else around him going into this game just doesn't add up for me to equal success. So I'm I'm putting him on the bench, and if I miss on that this week, I'm okay with it because it's even if you put him in your lineup, it's an absolute gamble. I yeah, think. and it's just not a gamble I would be wanting to take. I think there's better options you probably have on your roster. I could get down with that. Uh, my pine, who I went over a little bit, is Gabe Davis. Um, we were talking about Gabe Davis the other week, and you were listing off what wide receivers he finished as. Mm-hmm. Right now in ESPN leagues, he's wide receiver 31. Uh, he had 18 points week one. Uh, didn't play versus Tennessee. Six points week two. Two points. Or I mean, six points week three. Two points week four. 32 week five on three catches and 16 on week six on three catches again the man legitimately has 14 receptions on the year and four of them are touchdowns that's not gonna sustain correct he's a big play ball (laughs) green bay is honestly pretty good secondary against the deep ball they've had some struggles this year as a defense but 
from the deep ball side of things, not so much. I don't think Gabe Davis is good enough consistently to beat this the screen base secondary, and I think they're going to get beat elsewhere in this game. I'm sitting Gabe Davis this week. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'd I'm higher on Gabe Davis than you are, but when you're such a low volume target and you're so volatile, it's just it's really hard to convince me to say like he's in every week. Yeah, because play. you never know. If he doesn't get that play, he's essentially useless. If he doesn't if he doesn't have that sixty yard touchdown. And that's too hard to bank on. Big plays are too hard to come by in the NFL, especially this year with scoring being down so much. I just yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a risky proposition to to say, you know, I'm putting Gabe Davis in my lineup because you know you're either going to get three points out of him or four points, or you're going to get twenty four. <laughs> yeah, and and it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of in between. Mm-hmm. You know, until we start seeing some games where he's targeted seven, eight times, nine times. I believe, and, I believe he's only had one wide receiver ten finish. Yeah, or higher. And and until we see him getting more target volume, it's going to be this. Yeah, every week it's either going to be big game or nothing. So that's um, where I'm at. Fair. That's it's it's you know it's a fair argument for a guy like Davis. It's it, it's any given week, you just never know where he's going to be. Where are you at for borderlines? I have two. Uh, my first one I is as well have two. Amon Ross St. Brown against yeah. Miami. So I put one him on if he plays. <laughs> well, and I put him on there partially because of that, partially because he's for the most part this year, especially before he got hurt and before Swift went down, even after. Um, he was like a wide receiver one with the volume he was getting in the, the production. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last three weeks, he's had a bye week in there for one of them, but the other two, he's had like four points at most, I want to say. I think he had one reception last week. Um, pulling it up here real quick. So week five against New England, he had four for 18 yards. Then they had a bye, and then last week he had one reception for four yards. Yeah. So Granny after did get hurt last week too. Yeah. Yeah. And after the the game where he got the concussion, he just hasn't looked the same. And now they're playing Miami, where you know high scoring potential mm-hmm. be, because of you know just the nature of things with Miami's defense. But Xavier Howard is looking like he's going to play with the two limited practices that he logged late in the week. So if Xavier Howard plays. How much upside is there for a guy like St. Brown in a game where he's banged up? His last two weeks have been extremely shaky. He's got a great matchup against Miami, but, oh, he's probably going to draw Xavier Howard most of the time. Yeah. There's just a lot of... Question marks? Yeah. And and it could go either way, which is, I think, why he makes a really good uh, borderline pick. Um, my other one was Damian Pierce against Tennessee. Okay, I was not fully aware of the Jeffrey Simmons injury at least not you know not as much I didn't have as much knowledge of it as you did the running the run defense in Tennessee has been their strong suit all season and as long as Simmons is in there this week I think it's going to be tough for Pierce to get moving yeah however he's their offense and so I think there's going to be enough there's obviously enough touches he's in your lineup but you can't sit him if Simmons plays it's gonna be okay i'm maybe i'm lucky to get 10 points maybe 15 if he scores if simmons doesn't play okay now your upside goes way way up mm-hmm. and because there's a just simmons is such a big part of that front yeah he's he is the front yeah so p 
Pierce, I think was, yeah, I put him on my borderline because it's, there's, again, there's question marks and there's factors involved that are not in his control that could, depending on which direction it goes with Simmons and some of that, um, I think he's either going to be severely disappointing or he's going to have another really big game. Yeah. So. No, that's fair. I mean, Tennessee's prone to fuck everything up, too, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, My first borderline pick is Kenneth Walker III versus the New York Giants. Uh, they give up a shit ton of yards, but not many scores to running backs. I believe they've only allowed four this year. Um, Kenneth Walker has scored majority of the time that he's played, which has been helped, but he also has run for a lot of yards. So uh, you can temper expectations. Like, I don't think he's going to have maybe a 30-point game like it could be because of the conditions of this game, the fact that it's just going to be run heavy on both sides with all the wide receivers being banged up. I wouldn't be surprised if he just got 120 yards and didn't score. So, I mean, 12 points is very meh. It's a good week from a running back perspective, but if you don't score, that's not right. It's not what you want. So, because the Giants have really limited running back scoring, he's my borderline. I'm still for sure starting him. You have to. He's been playing great, but I just don't know that the big touchdown upside is going to be there. Uh, and my other borderline pick is Paris Campbell versus Washington. He's had double-digit targets the last two weeks, like I've talked about. My biggest concern is just with Ellinger, whether or not he decides to hyper-target the better player, which is Michael Pittman, or the guy that's been having more success recently, which is Paris Campbell. So that's going to be my one big matchup to watch, is who gets the target share there, because that's going to be the guy going forward. And that's about all I got for borderlines. There you have it. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Coming back for another episode. Week eight's in the books, yes, and we are looking forward to Sunday. Um, we will drop another episode shortly after, probably Monday, Tuesday, going over everything that happened this week, injuries, how our Shine Pines and Borderlines did, and hopefully another Tennessee W. And hopefully there's not a ton of more injuries. Yeah, no shit. I hope we don't have fuck. to spend any time on that. Fucking Stupid. amen. All right, God bless. Thanks for checking in, guys. Glad to have you. Go Bye. Titans.